Hey, welcome to the Healthy AF Podcast. We all know that health is complex and multifaceted. Amy Chang and Fran Paradine are here to break it down, talk it up, and learn from a whole slew of really amazing guests. Fran and Amy are both health coaches, and just like health, their practices and viewpoints are individualized. You'll hear different takes on the same information as they discuss all things health, and you'll learn with them as they talk with guests who explore all different areas of health. Every episode will be fun, informative, and entertaining. If you like what you hear, please follow us and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Healthy AF Podcast. We are excited to have Pete Napier with us today. Um, just a little bit of background about Pete before we jump into the really cool um, stuff that he's doing. Pete is the founder and owner of Samurai Institute LLC in Hickory, North Carolina. He grew up in Hickory and he graduated from Hickory High School. Pete spent three years in the Army and then uh, graduated from CBCC um, with a degree in business administration and furniture manufacturing. He spent 38 years in the furniture industry. And throughout all of that, um, he has been studying, um, excelling in and teaching martial arts. So Pete currently is a ninth degree black belt. I don't know a lot about martial arts, but that sounds pretty impressive. Um, and he has a title of Kaicho. Kaicho. Yes. All right. Um, Pete has been running the Samurai Institute for about two years since COVID. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. In Hickory. He's very active in the community. Um, he has six children, four stepchildren, and four grandchildren. So he's super, super busy. And somehow in his free time, he makes traditional Japanese training weapons for martial artists all over the country. So welcome, Pete. We're really excited to have you here. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So I want to start out by asking you how you got interested in martial arts, because I think this will kind of lead us into um, a discussion of why it's so important. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I got started back in 1969. Uh, and, my, you know, I was getting picked on in school. Uh, my dad, I don't know, he was had a weird sense of humor and wanted to threw me in a karate school and sat there and laughed as they uh, used me for a punching bag for about two years. So, uh, it was, that was the beginnings. Um, then after I got a, a black belt in karate, I went and found, uh, what an art called Aikido and Aikido is all defensive. And I started that in 1974 and just kind of, fell into it and went and kept it going forever. Uh, right now, I'm the only Aikido instructor in Hickory uh, anymore. There used to be a couple other guys, but they kind of faded away. Um, but my that's pretty much my background. I got lucky uh, back in the 90s and found a sword instructor from California. Um, he kind of wanted to know why I could put a sword on him and nobody else could. So he made me his, uh, uh, one of his students. And I studied with him for about, oh, about 18 years and, uh, got decent with a sword, 
you know, uh, and that's kind of where I make those training weapons from as well, you know, kind of picked up from that. Um, but that's pretty much the way I got started. Okay. That's so, a long so- history. <laughs> I that's guess. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So Pete, can you, can you describe, you said a key, you got started in Aikido, which is defensive. Can yeah. You describe, can you describe what that is a little bit more? Okay, yeah, Aikido is uh, was an art that came from another martial art. Uh, it was created in 1926 by a man named Morihei Ueshiba. And Ueshiba Sensei, he took what he learned from an art called Daitoru Aikijitsu and formulated it to more um, self-discovery, uh, more uh, about learning about yourself uh, as a person and growing as a person. And that's kind of the philosophy it is. It's all peaceful. There's no attacks in Aikido. There's no punches, kicks, or fighting. Uh, Everything is done from a defensive standpoint where if uh, somebody attacks you, you're able to get them down on the ground and under control without you getting hurt or them getting hurt. And that's the unique thing. Nobody, everybody kind of walks away okay. So it's about de-escalating the situation as right, opposed to right. kicking someone's ass. Right. Okay. And so that's what you teach? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's the core art. That's what everybody starts with is Aikido. And it gives them a good foundation of what uh, techniques to use and how to use them, how to take balance and break balance, things like that. And then... Uh, um, then we evolve into the weapons part of it, the swords and the sticks and different stuff. All samurai stuff. Okay. I love that. All the samurai stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. like the lipstick, the blush, the Kleenex pack, all the purse stuff. Yeah. All yeah. the weapons, all the knobs, all the swords, all the, all the sticks, all the samurai yeah. stuff. All the, all the samurai stuff. That's right. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> So, so you got into this because you, as a kid, were being bullied. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you have a specific program. Right. I have a structured curriculum. It's called Bully Busters. Um, our curriculum starts out learning how, why a bully acts that way. Uh, it also, uh, we start out uh, teaching the kids uh what a bully is, who can be a bully. Uh, Bullies come in all shapes and sizes. Uh, So we kind of identify the bullies first so that they can recognize it when it happens. And then we go into why they act that way, what they really want, and then uh, uh, what, what you can do about it. We give them 12 alternatives to violence, like make a friend, uh, use authority, uh, tell a joke, use a little humor, uh, different different tactics to kind of de-escalate the problem. We also tell them that one, one solution is not going to be the answer. They have to use multiple things. So we do this by setting up role plays and skits and little acting out little scenarios that they may get into. And it gives them practice on how to use this stuff. Wonderful.
Well, I'm glad you asked that, Amy. <laughs> uh, well, the I've I've used to be uh, I had a school down in Lincolnton for about 15 years back a long time ago. And when I was down there, I was able to get into the school systems and go and do school talks and, about bullies and uh, what we're talking about now. And, you know, it was real successful. Uh, uh, the schools really were receptive on, on it and, and picked up on it, and they, they really enjoyed it. And the kids got into it, too. So it was really a good program. Here, I guess since after the pandemic, I'm not sure really why, but the schools and uh, doesn't seem to want to get involved with a martial artist uh, per se because they they look at all martial arts as well Cobra Kai. Uh, you know, it's not. It, it, they look at it like everybody's going to be punching, everybody's going to be kicking, everybody's going to be fighting, and that's not what school systems won't i found that you know i'd love to get into the schools again i found a, a, a possibly a connection i don't know but um the the schools just don't want to they don't seem to want to make a solution they just want to put a band-aid over it and that's not helping the kids the kids go to school every day and they have these problems they have them and I'd love to get out and do more in the community with this program. I just, it just seems like I'm hitting roadblocks here and there. Yeah. That's really frustrating for you, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I actually gave my curriculum to the school superintendent for Hickory city and I never heard anything else from them and uh, followed up with them a couple of weeks later never really heard anything from them so you know it's i understand that they're they're limited in what they can do and what their approach is and they only have a certain amount of time in a day that they have to get the curriculums that they have to teach out and they don't have a lot of time but you know when a kid's going to school and they're stressed out because this guy's picking on them and he and he's coming down the hallway and they get all anxious and start sweating and you know, trembling and, and the fear takes over, that's not conducive to learning. Can, can I ask you a question right there? Sure. Um, you know, you mentioned that Aikido was a great way to do some self-exploration and self-discovery. Mm -hmm. And now you just mentioned what it really is like when you see that bully in school. And like, I think we've all had a bully. Like I can remember mine just, there were two in middle school. I can mm. remember distinctly. And one girl just flat out told me she was going to kick my ass when we went to go get on the buses. And I was afraid. Mm. I was oh, yeah. really afraid. And, yeah. and, you know, sort of watching out to see if the coast was clear to get from the school to the bus. Right. 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 Um, and Been there, done that. I, I know exactly where you're at. Right. Yeah. And uh, just because they're 13 or 14 doesn't mean that it's not a real like fear and you yeah. really do feel threatened. And so when you just described that, that um, kid who is yeah. in anxiety and fear, my question to you is, 
does the self-reflection and your program address how they feel right there and what to do with that? Absolutely. Uh, we, I spend a lot of time with the kids because fear, having fear is, is a good thing, but it can really limit you in what you can do. Uh, decisions that you make, uh, emotions alone, any kind of emotions, anger, fear, uh, frustration, anxiety, any of that will cloud your judgment and cause you not to make proper judgments. So what we do is we teach the kids how to not, I'm not going to say take the fear away, but how to control it and use it for their benefit as opposed to lashing out and uh, trying to trying to just hurt someone because they feel frustrated. Here's the vicious cycle. Let's say, let's say I get picked on at school, all right, and I feel bad about it. I didn't do anything. I didn't stand up for myself. My dad told me to stand up for myself and don't take this crap from people, you know, and that's all well and good. But uh, a middle school, a a 12, 13-year-old kid doesn't know how to do that. So what we do is we take them, they get picked on, they feel all this anger, this frustration, and they feel like they need to let that out. So they go home that afternoon, and they get off the bus, and they go in, and it might be just something mom says that they lash out at mom for. You know, they jump, jump on her and when, because it makes them feel better about what's happened to them. So then mom gets upset about it. Dad comes home. Dad comes in the door, hard day at work. All of a sudden mom jumping on him because little Johnny over here had a bad day and jumped on her. And then dad goes to little Johnny, Donnie. Johnny goes back to school the next day and the vicious cycle keeps going around and around. Somewhere in that cycle, we have to learn to break it and stop it. So what we teach the kids is when they're feeling those anger, frustration, anxiety, we teach them to breathe and calm themselves down. Okay, it's called chinkan, uh, kihon chinkan in Japanese. It's called calming the inner self or calming the spirit, okay? And this is, it's done by just really kind of like a yoga breath. Take a deep breath in, release everything out, uh, relax, and then think about what you're going to do, say, or the actions you're about to take before you take them. Uh, That way they get a little bit clearer, um, insight on what they should do and what they shouldn't do. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And Fran, I, I think that I'll let, ask this question to you. Do you see this in your grown-up clients? Because I see this in my I just, clients. I just wrote that same note. I was like, if they learn this as a kid, yeah. uh, what amazing, like throughout their life, life the trajectory of this is going to be amazing for them. Right. Uh, you know, I had a bully yesterday. Uh, uh, got on my Facebook page, uh, write a real ugly comment about one of my ads. Okay. And, you know, uh, and I understand, you know, I look at things differently now because 
when I see something like that, I used to get really mad about it and just fly off the handle and lash back out at them. And that's not the answer. I found that out the hard way. But what I did was I invited the guy to come to my class and see the difference in what he does and what I do. And because education and knowledge is the key, if they can understand what real martial arts, and when I say real martial arts, it's stuff that you use on the street. It's not a sport. Uh, a lot of martial arts today are sport-oriented uh, uh, tournaments, that kind of thing. Um, and that's not really what you need to use on the street. By using our bullying program, we, learn, we teach the kids to de-escalate the problem first using their head first before it ever gets to a physical level. Once it gets to that physical level, we teach them techniques that are effective enough that they, they have the confidence to be able to use the mental stuff first. Then they know that if it gets bad and it gets physical, they can still handle the situation and get the person on the, on the ground. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I had a uh, young lady... She's one of my best students. Uh, she was at middle school, and she was, uh, this girl was just at her all day, every day, and it was really getting to her. And so I gave her a couple things to do. Well, those seemed to work temporarily, but the girl finally cornered her in the bathroom, and it got physical. Well, I was so proud of Emily. She went in, and the girl reached for her. She did a one simple technique, took the girl down on the ground, and told her, said, listen, I'm not the girl you think I was last year. I am a whole new person. Do not touch me again. And now they're friends. And that's usually the way it works. When a bully is picking on someone, they want a reaction. They want, some, they want to get something out of it. All right, say, all right, Fran, call me, call me a name, call me something, anything. <laughs> Pete, you're such a jerk. <laughs> oh, you're right. I am. I got up this morning and I, I, I looked in the mirror and said, Pete, you're a jerk. You really are a jerk. Mm -hmm. By agreeing with them, it takes the, the fun out of it. And they, they tend to, it, it gets them thinking about something else. It's a distraction. Okay. Like, uh, I was a bouncer for 21 years, and in a lot of places I should not have been, but I was there. And it was my job, but in those situations, uh, we, uh, you know, the, the objective in that environment is to have everybody have a good time. And a lot of times these guys would come up to me, and they'd start giving me a hard time. And I'd say, look, dude, it's not that bad. You know, have one guy say, uh, come up to me and, um, is in a local bar here. And, uh, he said, uh, dude, I don't know why you were looking at my girl like that, but I really don't like that. I said, first off, let me explain something. I'm not looking at your girl. I'm looking at the fight that's starting behind your girl. And if you really care about her, you need to go get her away from this before I get over there because it's going to get bad. And it did. But, just giving them something else to think about mm -hmm. is the key. Not 
giving them what they want. They want you to get upset. They want you to get mad. They want you to get start screaming, crying, something. That's the effect that they, they, they're looking for. And if you don't give them that, they tend to get bored and go somewhere else and do, do it to somebody else. But then we also take the bullies and we make them leaders. Okay. We teach them that having the power that they have and the knowledge that they have and the, uh, the assertiveness that they have is a good thing, but it's got to be used in the right way. And we teach them how to use that and become leaders. And, um, it's not leader and follower. It's more leader, leader type of situation that we teach. So Pete, let me just make sure I um, get, so you also work with the bullies. Oh yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So do you um, help them understand kind of what's underlying their need to bully? I mean, I know. Yeah. And you, you'll be surprised when we get to that point in the curriculum, it's like, I can literally see the light bulbs go off in the class. I'm going, wow, okay, he got it. She got it. Yeah. So, yeah, we 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 tend to let them understand that what they're doing to other people, first, isn't right. And second, it's no no means to an end. There's nothing to get out of it that is going to benefit anyone. Once they understand what they're doing, it tend, they tend to realize and say, oh, wow, I was really a jerk. I've done it. I've done it myself. You know, a few years ago, I was really bad on Facebook. And, I, you know, I get these memories that pop up on my Facebook feed and with stuff that I wrote. And I'm going, wow, did I really write that? Yeah, I was really a jerk back then. You're right, friend. I was a jerk. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but. You know, the uh, it's really teaching the the bullies that and and teaching them to understand that what they're doing isn't an effective way to live a good life, and that's what it's really all about: is living a good life, having good relationships, having friends, ma- meeting people, and get along with everybody. I have a question. Um, I can see that if my kid were getting bullied, I would definitely be like, wow, uh, a martial arts program that has um, that is purposefully defensive and non-aggressive and has a component of um, self-introspection would be like, check, check, check. I need to find one of those. Right, right. I'm not sure how the bullies come to you. Is it suggested from a guidance counselor? Is it parent-driven mostly? Is it the bully? Well, sometimes every once in a while it's the bully. But because they want to come in, and this is what it really disturbs me sometimes, because the bullies want to come in and they want to learn how to kick somebody's butt. Okay? And we don't do that. So it's, uh, but most of the time. they come to you on accident? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Most of the time it's parent driven. Every once in a while we'll have a a school counselor reach out to me or something. But most of the time, like uh, I just signed a a young man up a couple of weeks ago and he um, uh, he was getting picked on 
But the problem with that is, and what his grandmother and his mother didn't realize, is that when he was getting picked on, he was turning around and picking on someone else. And so now we're finding out in the program that he's not so much the victim, but the bully himself. Well, so both, now, it sounds like. Yeah, both. I'm sorry? Both. He sounds like he's both the victim and the bully. Right, right. And that's usually the way it is. Right. They're, they're both, but it, it's like, okay, it's an old Indian saying, you got two wolves inside of you, a good one and a bad one. The one that comes out is the one you feed. So if you feed that bully, that bully's going to come out. But if you feed and help the victim, the victim gets over it and becomes a better person. And that's the kind of self-discovery thing that we do. Yeah, I can't help but think of all the emotion regulation you're helping with. And Fran, you can correct me on this because this is your wheelhouse, not mine. But I know that the cases of ADD, ADHD in children um, are skyrocketing, at least uh, the increase in diagnosis and the increase in, in medical treatment of those two. And I know they combined them now. But a part of that is a lack of emotion regulation. So I can't um, step past uh, the work you're doing to help people emotionally regulate is also a key component to one of the diseases that now we are diagnosing and treating on an increase from prior years. Is that right, Fran? Yeah. And actually, that's a that's a fabulous question, because because, you know, I, I think just expanding on that question is, Pete, what what are the what is the larger impact you see? In these kids, are they doing better in school? Are they, you know, doing better, you know, overall in their in their sports, in their relationships, in the um, right? Well, okay, let's take uh, Emily, the young lady I was telling you about. All right. Uh, subsequently, she had to. Uh, they moved to Conover, and they had to uh, switch schools. But now, Emily is thriving in gr- her grades are way up. She's an AB student now. Uh, mainly because the stress is gone, and the uh, uh, her attitude is she's when she came to me for the first day I met Emily, she was like a little mouse, barely talk, barely look at you, wouldn't you know, very timid, very withdrawn, very um, uh, inward. You know, she didn't, uh, she wasn't an extrovert at all. Now, who? I have trouble getting her to stop talking, okay? Uh, but she's very open now. She's has so much more confidence. And that's the real key right there is giving the kids confidence enough to know that they can do what they need to do and because they never had that. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, the confidence builder in, in what we do, when they're able to take me, when a, when a, let's say a 12, 13 year old can take me, my size, uh, I'm about 210 pounds, give or take on a good day. Uh, but, um, can take me and throw me across the room with no effort. And it just, you can see the empowerment in them, in their eyes. They just go, wow, I really did that. And I go, Hey, that was a good technique. You know? So, uh, the empowerment is a big part of it, and it gives them that confidence. And then the confidence 
spills over into them being able to do whatever they need to do or want to do. Yeah, I would imagine having them feel empowered like that kind of, yeah. cha- I mean, probably changes all of the dynamics in the home, you know, oh, in yeah. relationships. And that, like, when you have a child who is learning these skills, um, you know, because sometimes even the parents don't have those skills. Yeah, you know, I th- 40 years ago, I, th- I said to my kids, <clears throat> excuse me, when they were first uh, little, I told them, you know, if every teacher, if every kid in school could learn just the philosophy of Aikido, the world would be at peace in one generation. But of course, you know, that didn't happen. So, uh, <laughs> Well, I don't know about you, but I think it takes learning and also practice. Yeah, that's where, you know, when you talk, when you start speaking to empowerment, that is the coaching wheelhouse. Right. So you just stepped into a friend in in my world on the the grown up scale, at least. And um, yeah, you change one person in that household. You empower one person in that household. The household changes. You empower one person in that friend group. Friend group changes. You know, classroom, Sunday school classes, all of that has such a ripple. Well, you're giving to people. Another thing that we do with the kids is that I always tell them that if they see someone getting picked on by somebody else, that they should go up and have the courage. And this takes a lot of courage, especially for a 10 year old to go up and say, hey, man, that's not cool. You shouldn't do that to them and try to make a friend out of that bully and the other person, uh, try to um, be a mediator, so to speak. But as long as when I found that when kids go up to uh, bullies and call them out and, and hold them accountable for their actions, it tends to deescalate some of the problem as well. You know, they, they realize, oh, wow, okay, people are looking at me. I'm, I'm being a jerk now. I don't want to be that. So, and then of course, hopefully, this will when they grow up, it'll spill over into their everyday life, and then they they'll live a better life. You know. Oh, absolutely. So, Pete, to circle back to um, trying to get these in the school, trying to get this in the school. Uh, what what does that program? program look like? Because, I mean, it sounds, it sounds like there's so much to teach and there's like Amy said that there's so much to practice, right? Oh, yeah. Kind of coming into the school, wanting <coughs> a, you know, a- well, the unique thing about this program, it was, it was created by a, a gentleman named Dr. Terrence Webster Doyle and Dr. T as we call him was a child psychologist, but he's also a martial artist and, and a martial arts teacher. So he kind of come up with the idea of teaching this curriculum in the martial arts school. And then he kind of expanded it a little bit. And, and he's got it in some of the schools in, in America, but not everyone. But what we do is, and it only takes about 15 minutes a day in class to do this curriculum. And it's laid out in uh, lesson plans that uh, are geared for 10 to 15 minute segments. Uh, then, you know, uh, and it's just, it's really a great, great curriculum. Uh, I've never seen anything like it. I've had it for about 20 years now and been teaching it for about 20 years. 
Um, and, and it's just been phenomenal. I've never seen it anywhere else, though. Okay, let me get real detailed here, here for a minute. So it's 10 to 15 minutes. Is that every day? Yeah, it can be, or every other day. Uh, you know, uh, it just it, it's set up to where it's fast paced. You know, it, you know, it's it it's one thing right after another. But then in the activities and the work workbooks, there's pauses where we take and do those role plays and scenarios and act out the things. And, and, you know, it'll tell you, it tells us in the curriculum that, okay, stop here, go to role play 4C and do that. And so we do that. But again, it only takes about 15, 10, 15 minutes a day. And you go in and teach that. The teachers aren't teaching it. Yeah. Well, I can, but I can teach the teachers how to teach it. It ain't rocket science. I mean, it's just, it's really, it boils down to being smarter than the bully and knowing what the bully wants first and addressing those needs. And as long as they get those needs, they're okay. And it, it usually goes away. But, yeah, I could go in. I could, I'd love to, uh, you know, but the schools just don't, they don't want, I don't know, I think it might be a little bit of a liability on their end, uh, that they, they're they afraid that I'm going to come in and teach martial arts techniques. And in my school talks, I never even show a technique. I don't even dress in my uniform. Uh, I go in street clothes and we just hang out and talk, you know. But they they just not – they're not open-minded enough to accept something this new and this innovative, I guess, is the word I'm looking for, you know. Right. So it's about, it's about educating them, right. Yeah, and, and right. Recognizing, having them recognize actually what it is and what it can do. I mean, how much more could these students learn in a day right. if they yeah. had 15 minutes of centering themselves and calming themselves down and all that stuff. You know, there's been a lot of research about kids and um, mindfulness and kids and yoga and how that really impacts. And it sounds like this is kind of the same thing, right. right? So that, right expands their minds, allows them to calm down, allows them to pay attention, allows them to learn more. Whether yeah. they're being bullied or not, they might right, just be right. feeling self-conscious or they might just, may, may have had a bad day getting in the car for school or getting on the bus for school. Absolutely. Um, you know, yeah. that emotion regulation is key. So let me ask again, um, well, not again, but further. So it's 10 to 15 minutes every day, every other day. And then how long does that program last? Is it a year round thing? Yeah, it could go. Okay. Uh, there's actually 12 lessons, but those lessons are broken up into about three to four different sections in each lesson. So it could cover a whole school year, you know, uh, and then, you know, the practice of it is key to you. You have to practice what we call mental self-defense, just like you have to practice physical self-defense. You know, you don't. You don't come into my school and I show you a technique and everything. You walk out and everything's okay. You have to come in and practice that technique and learn it deeply and understand it and understand the little bitty nuances that make it work. Same way with the mental stuff. You have to learn what works, what doesn't work, what's going to set the, the bully into more action or more violent action and you know, you kind of, it's kind of an exploratory thing. You know, mm -hmm. you, you learn 
what works for you. It sounds like an onion peel. I, yeah, I, I yeah. love an onion. You know, when you're looking at uh, learning yourself and reflecting, there's always an onion, right? And in five years, you can ask the same exact question and go like, wow, totally different answer today. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there are so many layers. Our system of not only martial arts, but the bullying uh, program as well has so many different layers and it's so complex. It's not anybody can go, go up and learn to punch and kick. That's simple. I saw a chimpanzee learn to do it. So if a chimpanzee can do it, I can do it. You know, so, but it's harder to understand when, how to use energy. Like, all right, let's go to the physical level. All right. Someone attacks you. They're reaching for you. They're punching at you. They're grabbing you. They're something. Something's happening. In that motion, there's energy. There's movement. There's kinetic energy that's that's built up. What we learn to do is take that energy in that attack and turn it around, redirect it, and use it to get them on the ground. And it's so easy. There's no strength. There's no physical qualifications and requirements. If you can walk, you can do what I do. Uh, everything is very relaxed, very calm. Everything is about centering and finding your center. And uh, so it's really a complex thing. And, and there's so many layers to that onion that keep getting pulled, peeled back every class, you know. Yeah, and Pete, that also sounds like, I mean, I know you just explained the physical way that you take somebody's energy and use it against them, but when I called you a jerk, you did the same thing, right? I'm, I'm yep. putting negative energy at you, and you're taking it and turning it around. Exactly. Exactly. Like, yep, it's, that's me. That's the whole principle and philosophy of Aikido. Aiki, the word Aiki in Japanese is very complex in itself. There are so many different meanings uh, or translations for that word it means connection it means blending it means harmony it means harmonizing your spirit it means uh, love it can mean compassion it means a lot of different things but what we do in Aiki is learn to redirect all energy whether it's verbal or physical uh, it can be mental energy um, I've developed this thing, and I practice it a lot now, uh, where I walk into a room and I feel things. I feel people. Um, I feel – it's not that I can, I can feel what they're thinking, but I can feel what their intent is. Uh, you know, uh, give you an example. At the chamber uh, meeting Friday morning, at the Friday morning brew. Oh, wow, it's hard for me to walk into those things. Because <laughs> when I first step in, it's like I'm getting bombarded with energy. Mm -hmm. And I have to walk through it and move around. That's why you see me a lot of times just walking around, not talking to a lot of people, because I'm just trying to get away from the energy that's in the room. Because some of it's good, some of it's bad, some of it's just neutral but it's all there and I can feel it. And 
that take that took me fifty years to figure out how to do. Don't mm-hmm. don't think that's going to happen overnight, okay? But it, it's just something that I've learned to. Uh, I guess it really goes back to my my bouncing days. You know, I feel intent when somebody's about to do something. It's not that I can read their mind or. Mm-hmm. Uh, have some kind of premonition or anything. It's just I feel energy and I feel the intent that they have. And that's a big part of what key is, is learning to feel that energy and that intent. I had a friend one time say to me, you can um, take it all in, but don't take it all on. There you go. When speaking yeah. of like some other people's energy, you can observe exactly. it. And watch it, but you don't have to take it in. And that also um, impacts your your own emotion regulation. You know, when when that spouse comes home and they're frustrated from the long day, um, you you can see it, but you don't have to take it on and then turn around and yell at the kids because you're stressed out that they're stressed out. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's kind of that cycle you're getting, we're getting back to, you know, uh, come in, uh, you know, the parents kind of bicker for a minute and then turn around and jump on the kids and the kids hadn't done anything. They just sitting there watching TV, you know, but it's the release of that inner feeling that makes you feel better about what just happened. And that's what we need as, as humans, because if we don't, it gets more frustrating. It builds up inside and we don't know what to do with it. Well, that was actually going to be one of my questions too. So, so what I, I heard you say so beautifully is that you help students um, sort of understand their internal world, mm-hmm. right? And then you give them some um, physical skills for defense and you give them some um, uh, like emotional skills for defense, like making a friend or making a joke. Right. Um, but what I didn't hear you say, and I think it's somewhere in there and I just haven't found it yet, is the emotional release. Because I'll tell you, if I was being emotionally controlled and I was, you know, under control and not being uh, wound up by some negative energies or negativity coming at me, and then I came to class before I could be defensive, I might need to have a stick to beat the crap out of something. I might need to have a movement to get it out. So what do you do? I know you must address that with your students. Yes, we do. Uh, When they, uh, and sometimes some of the students come in and they're, I can feel their frustration. I feel that, that, that something's happened in the day, especially the teenagers. Teenagers, they don't hide anything. Okay. They're, they're, they're just there and they're open and it's all there. But you know, the, the, the release, what we do is we, you know, they come in and we start working out, you know, going through our warm-ups first. And while I'm doing that, I'm usually talking, you know, because I'm a talker, as y'all already know now. Uh, <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I'm telling them uh, different techniques, breathing. We go through a breathing exercise, a calming of the spirit, um and by the time we actually get to the techniques, most of them are just calmed down and just ready to ready to do what they need to do. But then there's every once in a while there's one that just has had that bad day, 
and just won't let it go. So what I do is I tell them, come on over here and throw me around a little bit. And they get over there and they start throwing me across the floor and, you know, I'll do my falls and, and they realize after about four or five good techniques, they realize, oh, wow, I, I feel better now, you know. But it is that release, and you do need that. And if all else fails, we'll get a, we'll get a stick or something. We'll go beat a bike, you know, and just hit, a bike, hit one of the punching bikes as hard. And I'll tell them, hit as hard as you can and just take it all out on it. And But you're right. They... We, we as people, as a society, we need to have some kind of a, that emotional release to get those feelings out. Because if they don't, it all festers up in there and it all builds up. And then it usually comes out in an explosive way. And that's when it's really bad. Had a boy. Well, I had to call him. Oh, when was it? Saturday. He got suspended from school. One of new students, and he didn't think I knew. I know everything with my students. If they, if they, if they break wind, I know about it. Okay, <laughs> the, I, I know about it. So uh, um, he wound up getting suspended from school because he hit a girl. All right, and so I called him. He and left a message for him. Called me back. He calls me back. And I say, Braylon. What's going on? No, nothing. Just home from school. I said, uh, did you have any trouble at school? No, nothing at no, all. Nothing. Nothing going on. How's that bullying problem going? Oh, it's all right. It's going good. It's going good. I said, well, what about the girl you punched and got suspended for? Oh, uh, uh, uh. And then he didn't know what to say because he didn't realize I knew. I said, and then I said, well, we're going to, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that. And then we're going to expand on it a little bit in class next week. And, uh, but the holding all my students accountable, we go by a code of conduct. It's called Bushido. And in Bushido, there's seven virtues. There's honor, respect, courtesy, kind or uh, courtesy, Loyalty, uh, duty, uh, I always forget the last two, and Emily always reminds me, and she's not here. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, um, uh, courage and uh, um, integrity. And we hold each student accountable for all of that. If they, if they mess up and do something that goes against those virtues, then that's a learning experience for them. And I, I expand on it in class and I teach everybody that, that virtue. Uh, but I make them, they have to do what we, they have to walk the walk that we talk. Mm-hmm. We can't just say it and then not do it. We have to do what we say because that's the integrity part of it. And if we, I hold them accountable, then they know that I'm going to be, I'm their worst nightmare. They would much rather have their parents chew them out than me because I will sit there. I've had students tell me, please, Kaicho, just hit me. I said, no, I'm not going to hit you. I don't want to listen to this no more, but you have to. But the, the it, it's really, it, it, it's really bad when the parents don't aren't on the same page 
and they're telling the students to do one thing and I'm telling them to do something different right. and everybody gets confused. So I try to make it a learn experience for the entire family, not just the ones getting picked on because if the, if the family's not doing what they need to do, then the student's going to get confused and they're not going to want to do anything. And it's just going to keep on going. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. And um, I, I mean, I think what's coming across is how invested you are in each and every student. Oh, you know, that, that people... I, got, I go and pick them up, okay? <laughs> if they're not going to be at class and they text me or something and say they're not going to be at class, I say, what's the problem? I don't have a ride. I'll be there at such and such a time. I'll I'll get you there. Don't worry. Uh, but yeah, I, I go I go a, a little bit over and beyond, I guess, what I should. But I take it as it's my job, it's my obligation to teach them as best that I can while I'm still here on this earth. And because once I'm gone, I don't know what's going to happen, you know. So. I'm trying to get everybody on the same page, get all the parents on the same page. But, you know, dads are the worst. You know, dads, we're, we're, we're terrible. Now, okay. what is it about dads that they struggle with that is actually counterproductive to what you are instilling in your, in your students? Well, dads tend to go the violent path, okay? My daddy, uh, God rest his soul, he he told me when I was six, when I was first in first grade, five or six years old, he told me, he said, if somebody starts a fight with you, you better not you better not run, you better finish that fight. You better not ever start a fight, but you better finish it. So I'm going, okay. I go, what does that mean? He goes, You better beat their butt real bad. I said, okay. And I was scared to death. I was I was a five-year-old kid. I didn't know how to fight. I didn't know anything. You know, so um, dads tend to go to the extreme and sad because they want you to take up for yourself, especially the boys. They want them to be men. They want them to be brave. They want them to have courage. They want them to, to be leaders. But teaching the kid to punch another kid in the face is not the way to become a leader, okay? And dads just don't get that a lot of times. You know, some sometimes do, we get very concrete about the only way to stand up to someone is yeah. to put power over them, whether it's right. physical force or exactly. cutting them a new one with our tongues. Yeah, yeah. Or intimidating. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty. Me too. I'm guilty. Me too. Okay. I, can, um, I can be a force. When this girl yeah. gets hot and bothered and enraged, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, and everybody does that, and that's normal. That's a normal human trait that we all have, but it's how we direct that, how we uh, manage that, that fit that defines us as people. You know, if we can handle it in a good way, then – it's better for everybody. And we all actually come out feeling good about it when we do it that way, you know? Right. Because you're not, you're not destroying those right. things around you, right? Like you're, you're maintaining a connection or you're building a bridge or you are not right. 
and and right i think go back to something you said before we all as humans want to be connected we want to feel like we have our village we want to feel like we have our people and so when you slash and burn um because you are hurt or you are angry then that is counterproductive yeah absolutely so pete how it, the, it you this sounds like an amazing program um how would you. one i mean do you have any openings now and if so how would one get in contact with you how does this work uh all right the way it works um we have openings. We always have openings. Okay. I'm not one of the instructors that says uh, in my ads, there's 10 spots left. Hurry, get, get your kid in here because there's always a spot there. I'm never going to ever turn a student down because of anything really money, time. I'll make it. A, I'll make a way for that student if they really need it to get in there. Here's the process. First thing is go to our website, martialartshickory.com. And that tells all, and I just got my uh, website redone. I'm very excited about it. Uh, (laughs) uh, Carmen Ecker did uh, a really super amazing job on fixing all the stuff that I messed up and got it it up and running great. But on the website, it tells all about our programs. And then there's a link that you can click on somewhere on there and it will take you to an uh, uh just give me your uh name email address and phone number and that comes into my uh, system it notifies me on my phone i contact you within usually within 30 minutes or so uh and then i will set up an appointment for you to come in and try a class out and then we go from there all right that sounds pretty easy very streamlined yeah. Yeah. All right. And do you have anyone else who teaches the classes or is it just you? Uh, I have an assistant. Uh, I've been blessed. Uh, Greg came with me, came to me back in uh, July. And Greg's father, I've known Greg for a long time, but Greg's father was a black belt under me 35 years ago. All right. I got him his black belt. Uh, And then it was interesting Greg's wife called me and wanted to know about Aikido. And, I, and you know, when somebody says Aikido, they've obviously been exposed to it because most people don't pronounce it correctly first. And, but uh, I got to talking to her and I go, well, uh, how did you find out about it? She goes, well, my husband, uh, my husband's dad took Aikido. I said, oh, really? Who is he? And she told me, I said... Oh my goodness, you got to be kidding me. So Greg comes in. He's actually my highest ranking student now and my senpai, which is basically my senior student is what senpai means. And he helps me in the class. Like when I'm working with the little kids on one end of the mat, he's got the teenagers and the adults on the other end. They're going through stuff down there so that we can kind of split the class up and I can do the the little kid stuff because I'm better with them than he is. So, okay. uh, what ages do you work with? I go, uh, the youngest one I got is three and the oldest one I got is 51 wow. right now. Well, if you count me, I'm 63. So, you know. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, so is there anything, I mean, this all sounds amazing. And I, I really hope um, somebody in the school system hears this and recognizes the benefit 
Yeah, absolutely. I hope so too. Yeah, on a, on a bigger scale. I mean, clearly what you're doing on an individual scale is fabulous, but if there's a way to expand that, you know, right. so people who yeah. can't make it to your classes or don't have you. I just, I'd like to invite everyone that is interested just to come in and, and watch a class, see how we teach it, see what we do. Uh, uh, it's pretty, uh, I, we have a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it's not your. It's not what most people think as a typical martial arts school or class. It's just uh, we we cut up. We have a lot of fun. We play. We play games. We have jokes. We. It's just a real good learning environment for everyone. You know, uh, my first karate instructor. He was about. A, he was six foot six, big Hawaiian guy. I was a 10-year-old kid, and I was scared to death of him. I wouldn't even ask him a question, but he taught me so much. Mm. He taught me that if I'm not approachable as an instructor, my students will suffer. So I've always made it. My students know that my cell phone is on me all the time, 24-7. I tell them, they, I give them my card, I give them my number, I tell them, if you have a problem, I don't care if it's 3 in the morning, call me. And let me know, and we'll talk about it. But, you know, that's, uh, it's just, I just think that it's better for the students to be able to learn better in an easy, not rigid environment, mm -hmm. you know, especially for kids. I mean, a three, four-year-old kid, they, they're scared of me anyway. Look yeah. at me. You know? uh, <laughs> You're terrifying. I know. <laughs> no, I did. I want. I know that we're getting long on time, and, and Fran's going to take us on home here in a minute. And I just wanted to really um, thank you for your dedication to uh, kids, to kids who are being a bully, to kids who are being bullied, and mm -hmm. to the the parents in the community who you know it takes a village to raise these babies up. It does. It Absolutely. does. Uh, well, thank you for having me on. I really enjoyed this. I, I love talking about this stuff. Yeah. And, and I could go on for hours. <laughs> yeah, we could you're very passionate about this because it's such a, it is such a um, gift to the community. So, yeah. so thank you. And thank you for being on here um, to tell us about it. And hopefully we'll get some people. You are located at the Hub. In at Hickory, the Hub. Which is near downtown. Yeah, and we, we train on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and if everything goes right, I hate to say this, but I might jinx us, but we're going to be setting up another hub in Newton, and we're going to have a class down there as well. All right. Providing that we get all the logistics worked out and the buildings secured and everything, and it, it, it's looking kind of promising now. So Great. Uh, well, that would be wonderful to spread your spread this out to more people because clearly yeah. it's an asset to everybody who takes it. So thank you for being on with us. It was really, really nice to talk with you. Well, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Of course. And um, for those of you out there listening, uh, if you are interested, check out uh, martialartshickory.com and you can set up an appointment and Pete will get back to you to have you come see a class. And if you've liked this podcast, please comment subscribe and like it so thank you all yeah thanks thank you